Welcome to the Top of the Pile podcast, where you'll find some of the most interesting authors in conversation about everything from their lives, their books, and their big ideas. From health, science, and true crime, to fiction, history, and romance, we'll bring you fascinating conversations about subjects you never even knew about, and some that you do. You can also get more bookish recommendations by subscribing to the Top of the Pile newsletter. Just visit simonandschuster.com.au to join our mailing list. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hi there. Welcome to our latest podcast. Um, I'm very lucky to have in the studio with me today one of my favourite authors, Alice Clayton. Alice Clayton is the author of 11 books, but didn't really dream of being a writer. She had stars in her eyes and wanted to sing and act instead. She cut her teeth while writing Twilight fan fiction and gained a cult following with her story Warbanger. She's also the author of the Redhead series, the Cocktail series and the Hudson Valley series. She's here in Australia promoting her new book, Buns. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. So tell us a bit about you, where you grew up. Well, um, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which is kind of right smack dab in the middle of the Midwest um, in the States. We're about a five-hour drive south of Chicago. So um, and had just a really normal suburban um, childhood. Um, My father worked for American Express. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, My sister and I fought all the time and um, had a dog. And that was about it. And you went away to college? I did go away to college. Um, I went away when I was 18. And um, yeah, college was super fun. It was kind of, you know, college is such a great time because it's kind of when you begin to figure out who you are without your family and who you begin to figure out who you are without the friends that you've known since you were six years old. Um, And that was really the first time that a really creative part of me, I think, started to kind of assert itself and come out in a much stronger way. And that was when I found um, theater and ended up becoming a musical theater major and uh, really enjoyed that and assumed, of course, that I would be making my living as a um, actress or as a singer or as a somebody on Broadway, perhaps. And that did not happen. How far did you go down that road? Not so far. <laughs> what, what stopped you? Um, I ended up moving to Los Angeles after college. And at the time, you know, a bunch of us were trying to decide New York, L.A., New York, L.A. And looking back now, in fact, we were just talking about this the other day, looking back, I probably should have gone to New York. But at the time, I didn't know anybody in New York. And all of my friends were moving to Los Angeles. And so when you're young and trying to figure out um, if this is something you're going to do and if you're going to go for it, having that support system actually is is a really important thing. And so it made sense at the time for me to go west instead of east because um, I would have uh, a family around me. Um, and, you know, that was back in the late 90s and there were not a lot of plus size women on television then. Um, and it was really difficult. The other flip side, though, to it is at the time, I wasn't ready for it. Um, I wasn't mature enough at the time, financially, emotionally, mentally, to be so far away from home. And I didn't want it enough. And that took a long time to be able to admit that I just was not hungry. I was hungry, but I was not hungry (laughs) enough to um, really make the kind of commitment that you need to make for that kind of life. Um, And so I kind of licked my wounds and went back home and um, my parents had just gotten divorced and um, my now husband 
Um, Peter and I had broken up um, because we'd been together for over 25 years on and off. Um, and, and it just my life just kind of made a turn as they often do. And all the creative side to me went away and stayed buried for a very long time and then bubbled up again, oddly enough, after reading Twilight and getting involved in the fan fiction community and just kind of seeing this wonderful um, enclave of, of women who obviously had something in common, and that was that we all wanted to sleep with Robert Pattinson or Edward Cullen or both. I mean, let's be real. Um, but it was this just really fun community of people from all over the world that had something in common, but very quickly kind of um, became not about Twilight, but became about these friendships and these relationships that we were all developing online. And um, I started writing and decided to throw my hat into the ring and put up a chapter of what became The Unidentified Redhead. And that was the first time I'd ever written anything. Um, so let's pick that apart a bit because I think that is so interesting that your, you said your creativity bubbled up. Mm-hmm. And, but you still picked up a pen and paper, which I'm assuming you hadn't done before. No, I hadn't. You know, I... You know, between the time of when I lived in Los Angeles and came home and the time that, um, you know, I started writing Redhead, goodness, that was a 10-year period. And in those 10 years, um, I had wonderful times and and I had a great job at the time. I had um, just recently resigned from a position with Bare Minerals Cosmetics. I was a corporate trainer, so I traveled around the country um, teaching women um, how to apply makeup and how to learn about skincare, but also how to sell makeup and skincare. And so much of that is about making a connection um, with women and learning how to get people to trust you and learning how to, um, you know, make yourself seem very approachable and comfortable. And that's always come really naturally to me. Um, And most of the people that I worked with that were trainers um, when educators, they mostly had a theater background. So we were still on stage, just in a very different way. Um, I have never had a problem standing up in front of a group of people. I know for some people, standing up and giving a a speech in public is, uh, you know, like the number one biggest fear other than drowning or setting yourself on fire. It's public speaking where good luck getting a mic out of my hand. Good luck getting this mic out of my hand because it's coming home with me. Um, So that's something that I've just always really enjoyed. And so writing, oddly, became a way of entertaining myself, but also entertaining these new friends that I had that, um, you know, there's something really interesting when you meet somebody online. Yes, you can kind of build yourself into this persona that you're not really, but there's also a truth that comes out and they can't see you and they can't hear you. So your personality sometimes comes across, I think, in an even more pure way than it would normally. And so I took this and began to turn it into um, the Redhead series. And it was about me um, making some of my friends online giggle and some of them swoon. And I figured if I could do both, then I'll put up another chapter and see how it goes. And that's literally how it started. And it gave me such a rush um, to make people laugh um, and to tell a story in what I thought at the time was a unique way. Um, and, and that's just kind of where it went. How long did that take you to write? Oh, my goodness. When I started it, it just came fast and furious. It was I wrote every day. and. The more I wrote, the more I enjoyed it. And, 
you know, I've talked about this before. What's wonderful about the fan fiction community is it's instant feedback. So you post a chapter and depending on how popular that chapter is, you get comments within 10 minutes. It, it's just as long as it takes somebody to read what you just posted and you find out right away what works and what doesn't work or what you are surprised that people really grabbed onto and what resonated. Um, and it just became like this little piece of art that I put out there. And I think because I had that theater background, and I always say this, I tend to see things in CinemaScope. So in my mind, um, the redhead was already a movie. And so what else is going to come with a movie but a score? And so I got into the habit of um, when I would post a chapter, I would at the end, I would post the songs that were going to be in the next chapter. And what was that soundtrack? And so um, it just became this really collaborative um, experience. It kind of touched on all kinds of different parts of myself that I just hadn't really been exercising anymore. And then Wallbanger came. And then Wallbanger came. And I had this idea for a new story. And uh, the Redhead um, story online was beginning to wind down. And I was getting ready to button it up and put an ending on it. And by that time, I had a pretty good readership. Um, and I knew if the next story was going to be popular, I better drop a chapter before I ended the Redhead series because I wanted to keep people reading. And so I, I had this idea for Wallbanger and I put up a chapter and it was really short and it just blew up right away online. All my Redhead readers crossed over, but then a ton of new readership came in and it became this like what we in the, in our little world, we called it a monster fic. It was just this monster story that people around the world started reading. And um, it kind of became this big deal we called <laughs> the readers. We called ourselves Banger Nation. Um, and <laughs> it was, um, you know, just they they loved it. And I loved seeing the reaction that I got to these crazy characters and this crazy world that I put up there and um, it just it, it was everything. Did you think that you'd get picked up for a traditional deal? No, no, no. And that was never the intention. You know, when we were all working in this this um, online community, there was no expectation that anybody other than ourselves were going to read it. It was a really large community, but nobody in real life was ever going to read this. And in fact, most of us hid it from our real lives because how do you admit to somebody that you're staying up till two o'clock in the morning reading Edward Cullen porn? I mean, come on. We're going to come back to this. Those were great <laughs> nights, by the way. Those were great. So it was something that you kept secret, but then when it was traditionally published, it was kind of okay to come out with it. Yeah, so... Where for, does that come from? Well, so when the Redhead series, when the Unidentified Redhead came out, and it was around um, Valentine's Day 2010, we just had our seven-year anniversary, um, my real-life family and friends now knew about it, but I kind of had to explain where it came from because nobody knew I had been writing and a couple people knew, but it was now I'm not embarrassed. But at the time, it seemed embarrassing, like this this world of Twilight fan fiction. So for the longest time, I just would tell people, well, I was involved in an online writing community. <laughs> and please don't ask any other questions about that. And so I just kind of fudged it and um I mean, my my friends bought it because they were supporting me, but that's it. It didn't go 
anywhere. I mean, I think, God, we sold less than a thousand copies um, in the entire first year that it was out. Um, and I, I hadn't planned to publish Wallbanger um, because I wanted to see if I could write something on my own again. Um, but then it just I, – the more I realized how popular that story was online, the more I realized that if it could work there, it could work in real life. And so I just said, screw it, and uh, published it. And I was with a small ebook publisher at the time, and um, it just took off like gangbusters literally from day one. How did it change your life? It changed my entire life. There's not one corner of my life that it hasn't touched at this point. Um, I make my living writing comedic erotica, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Um, Sounds great. It sounds great. (laughs) It is great. Um, Yeah, it's it's changed everything. It's changed um, just... How I see myself, it's changed my confidence. It's changed um, just this idea that I do have a voice and that it's a unique voice and um, that there's a style to what I write that's, I think, you know, I mean, we all rip everybody else off from time to time, but it's a pretty distinct voice, I think, that's just mine. And I think had I not had this experience of writing online first, I would not have been able to do it. Um, I think had I been writing since I was 10 and really studying the craft and the art of literature and writing and, and you know, if it, it was something that had consumed my life for always, Wallbanger wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have because I can look at that book and I think it's a pretty great book. But I now that I am a professional writer— I can look at it and say, oh, my God, I can't believe people let me get away with writing this. But it's because I didn't know any better. There was a freedom there. And that's pretty great. Let's go back to romance as a genre because I this is certainly one of my pet peeves. Why does romance have such a bad rap um, compared to, say, a crime reader? Um, Whereas, I mean, for example, mm-hmm. I have friends who know that I read romance and like, oh, I can't believe you read romance. Giggle, giggle. Whereas they would never say to friends who read crime, I can't believe you read crime. Giggle, giggle. Yeah. You know, I think there's there's many different ways to look at that. I think that um, it is not an accident that it is mainly women that read romance. Um, and it's so easy, I think, to um, just kind of tie off that genre as, oh, it's just for women. Therefore, it must be silly. Um, you know, when you say romance to most people, what they think of is Fabio. They think of a pirate king with his chest heaving and a ripped bodice woman on a beach somewhere. And, oh, well, then that must be what romance is. And to be honest, for the longest time, I had kind of a negative connotation, I think, of what romance was. In my mind, and I mean no disrespect, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, in my mind, romance was Danielle Steele or Nicholas Sparks. And that is all I knew of romance or uh, Harlequin. Um, which was never something that I wanted to read. And so Twilight really was a gateway for me because it kind of turned me back into reading story um, and loving story. And you can pick that book apart left and right. You can find so many faults with that book. The bottom line is it's a great story, and it keeps you turning the page. It it kept enough of us turning the page. Um, I think there is something about diminishing out of hand something that women primarily enjoy doing or reading. And that's, it's kind of disgusting, actually, 
And it's frustrating as hell. Romance, the romance genre makes up the bulk of publishing. I mean, there are more books published every year in the romance genre than any other outlet out there, any other genre out there. And yet it's still something to be snickered at. And I don't really I I don't understand that. It's not a coincidence that, you know, moms used to hide their Harlequins in the back of their closet, their paperbacks, and not let anybody see that they were reading them. There's something still shameful about sex. And there's something to, like we said, to be snickered at when it has to do with sex and being sexual and women being sexual and women knowing what they want and talking about what they want. Um, and it there's something really concerning about that, I think, still to some people. And it is not a coincidence that a book like Fifty Shades did so well right as people were starting to read ebooks. Had that book come out, well, maybe not so much 50 because the cover was um, um, very different from any other um, what you would call a romance novel. But um, certainly Wallbanger has a very striking cover. And I don't know that that book would have sold as well initially if it were just a paperback. I think um, there's something about women being able to read a book on a train and be reading the dirtiest, smuttiest, filthiest, most imaginative sex there is. And you don't have a clue what she's reading. And there's something kind of great about that. So I think your books are a great introduction for people who haven't read romance and would well, like to you. dabble. Which one do you think they should start with? Um, you know, if, if probably Wallbanger only because that is it's certainly far and away the most popular of any of my books. Um, I, there are, I still think that that's probably um, the most fun of any of the books. Um, I, I mean, I, I think, of course, there's fun in every one of my books, um, but uh, that's a good one, I think, to start with. That, that seems to be the gateway. You are very funny. That's How true. How do you know you're being funny <laughs> in, a, in the book? Like when, are you, you know, do you read them out loud or do you? Because Sometimes. It, yeah, sometimes I will, particularly with dialogue, I will always read my dialogue out loud just to see what it sounds like. Um, I have been blessed with really funny people in my life. And so, you know, it's when you have a group of super funny people around you all the time, they are tough crowds. So it makes you kind of elevate your game and up your game a little bit. Um, and so I just kind of am able to hear it and know what's going to, if it's going to play or not. I, I can't explain it other than that. And it just, in my head, there's there's a kind of a cadence to it. Um, and there's a rhythm to it. And I don't know, maybe that comes from the musical background. But um, I, sometimes I kind of channel those old Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn movies, the, the Bringing Up Baby, the the His Girl Friday. There's like that banter, that back and forth. Um, and if I can ever capture anything close to something like that, then I know I've done my job that day. And so do you think also that fan fiction community really helped you mm -hmm. learn how to do all those things and structure and, you know, the, the kind of narrative arc? And I think so. Um, you know, it was like this crash course in writing for me because not only was I writing, I was reading like a fiend. There was just this fever pitch of reading. 
Um, and it's so funny, you know, there's so many of us that came out of this this community. Um, Christine and Lauren, of course, who are two of my very best friends, we kind of came up in this community together. And when a story, would, a new chapter would post, I mean, it was like everybody would clear off of Twitter for the next 20 minutes because everybody disappeared to go read whatever chapter came up. And so after having read mostly nonfiction for many years leading up to Twilight and then the subsequent community, um, it was just like it, it was like just drinking after being in a desert for years. These beautiful, wonderful stories were just pouring over me every day and I could not get enough. So I was learning what kind of style not only that I liked to write, but what I like to read as well um, and, and kind of figuring out what really just turned my head. What do you like to read now? Well, I still read a lot of romance. Um, I, I I read a lot of romance. I'm starting to um, kind of get back into nonfiction a little bit again. Um, but I still read probably two or three books a week um, every single night. And, uh, you know, I just watch Twitter for recommendations. You know, I have my one-click authors that I will buy everything they write. But then, you know, there's a few of us online that I've kind of figured out if they like it, then I will like it. And you have a new book coming in May. I Tell do. Tell us a bit about that. Buns. Um, so <laughs> Buns comes out in May. That's the third book in the Hudson Valley series. Oh, swoon. Oh, swoon. <laughs> <laughs> this was, you I know, love this, those boys. I, I do too. You know, I, I especially with um, nuts and cream, I, you know, I'm trying to show that farmers are the new alpha. Um, and they are. And Oscar they are. is my ultimate book boyfriend. Oh, he's just a doll. <laughs> um, he's pretty great. Um, yeah, the Hudson Valley series was my first kind of new world in a long time. And so I was really nervous to 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 bring it out, but it's been received really well. And, um, you know, I tend to write about either worlds that I want to live in. Um, all my girls always have careers that I wished I had had, or if I could go back and try to do something else, I would do. Um, and the men are all perfectly imperfect, um, just normal, real guys. Because I just, I think that's what, I could write a CEO billionaire bad boy, but, you know, there is a much better chance I'm going to meet a farmer <laughs> one day. So let's make him a super sexy farmer. And he happens to be really wealthy. So, actually, there's something to that. <laughs> and yet. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no! Wealthy farmers. They're the real new alpha. Um, I have loved having you here. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. It's been the best time. And Buns is out in May. So, um, you can pre-order it now um, on E or run out and get it from bookstores in May. Pre-order so your Buns. <laughs> Grab a handful.